Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by FIVO. I am joining you from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Well, actually, technically today, Henderson, Nevada where the 49ers are doing joint practices with the Raiders. And I am thrilled to have on the podcast, co-host of the Haberman and Middlecoff podcast and YouTube channel. I got it all out. Guy Haberman, thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to Henderson, sort of. Thank you. It's good to be with you, Tracy. Yeah, it uh, it looks like Henderson from what I can yeah. see. I was just in Vegas a couple of weeks ago for Pac-12 Media Day, Okay. the last one. Yeah, I was going to say that. And uh, it was warm, so I'm glad you had practice early in the morning today. Yeah, and it was actually interesting. I know you guys are super interested in the weather, but it was interesting because <laughs> yeah, sorry. we assumed it would be so hot. No, I wanted to talk about this because I was like kind of – we had planned for it being so hot. The weather had set like 96 degrees, which isn't terrible by August Vegas standards. But it was actually – I'm not going to say it was cool, but there was a breeze. It rained a teeny bit during practice. It rained a little before so we get a, got a minor reprieve. But by the time we left the facility, so practice was at 8.40 in the morning. We did our media after practice. Then most of us stayed because Jimmy G, who you may or may not know, used to be the quarterback for Niners and now the quarterback the Raiders. He spoke, so we talked to Jimmy G. So by the time we left the facility at probably like 11.30, it was as hot as advertised. So the practice in the morning thing is, is key to this whole thing. All right, enough about the weather. Okay, that's enough. But yeah, I'm not a weather person. I'm a sports person. <laughs> so, and that's how I call myself a sports person. All right, so we had our joint, joint practice. The first time the 49ers have played against anyone not in red and gold. Interesting because normally they do this in week two of the preseason. This is week one of the preseason. So it it's a little bit different. You you didn't get quite the same sense like going into it. that guys were like, I need to hit someone else. But after practice day, they talked about it. They were excited about it. It was... Not a crazy eventful practice. I think Jimmy Garoppolo had a good practice. Uh, it's th- where they have us watch practice is pretty far away. Like the access we get, guy in Santa Clara, we can walk around the field. We can kind of watch from anywhere. We certainly did not have that. It was far. It was a lot of teamwork makes the dream work during practice. Like who caught that? Who defended that? But what was kind of interesting was in the past when I've seen these joint practices, teams have multiple fields, and so you have two things going on at the same time. When it came time for the scrimmage, it was just first-team offense versus first-team defense, second-team offense, second-team defense, et cetera. So you did only have to watch one group at a time, which was kind of interesting. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. It is interesting. I, I The other interesting thing and this is not so much from a Niner standpoint, but now a Raider standpoint mm-hmm. is, you know, there've been a lot, a lot's made a lot of questions. I saw Kyle Shanahan answering some questions today about his relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. And uh, you know, I think it was interesting. You listened to Jordan Rodriguez's uh, podcast series, the play callers. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people around the league listen to it. I'm sure you've talked to people I around did. the league that listen to it, and, I listen to it. <laughs> and have a lot. And you listen and had a lot of mm-hmm. feedback about it. 
and I was texting with a guy, an offense, a pass game coordinator in the AFC. And one thing he said to me was he talked about kind of Sean's control with quarterbacks, right? And that golf, mm -hmm. I think this is a, probably a story that a lot of people in NFL circles have heard and maybe outside of NFL circles, you know, you would tell Jared where to throw the ball sometimes before the yeah. play. And Jared didn't like that. And, but what I think is interesting is Jimmy goes from Kyle, who was also very hands-on as an offensive coach. And, you know, there's part of the story is like, oh, he's away from Kyle now, but he gets Josh McDaniels. Mm -hmm. who is very controlling as an offensive coach. I don't mean as a personality trait. I just down to, and I think today is an example, they'd make no, he makes no effort on the first day of joint practice to make it in any way convenient. And this is a trade of football coaches. It's not their job to make it convenient necessarily, but it's probably not an accident that the first day of practice was on the far field from yes. the media. Will the second day of practice be on the near field? I guess we'll see, or you may already know the answer to that, but that dynamic you know, he didn't exactly, Jimmy didn't leave to go play for Andy Reid, right? He no, went to go play for Josh McDaniels. He definitely didn't. And it's funny, he said today how he was, he left to play in an offense that he was somewhat born into by NFL standards since Josh McDaniels, of course, came from the Patriots and that's where Jimmy started. I don't know the answer to that on tomorrow. It will be interesting to see, but you are not moving around that field. You are in one place on one side and wherever they practice, they practice and that's just the way it goes. Yeah. But you brought up, the relationship with Jimmy Garoppolo. And of course that was, you know, that was a big storyline. And I think everyone probably wanted on both sides, wanted to downplay it, but it was a big storyline. He was at, at the Fournaires for a very long time. And one of the things Kyle was asked about today is the comment he made after the season, when someone said, is there any scenario where you would see Jimmy Garoppolo coming back next year? And he said, no, there's no scenario of that. I remember at the time I was in that press conference, I didn't really think much of it. There, there was no scenario where Jimmy Garoppolo was coming back. Like financially, emotionally, <laughs> there was no scenario. So I didn't really think much of it at the time, but I guess it became a little bit of a thing. And Kyle did talk today about Jimmy's legacy. And I've obviously heard him talk about it in the past, but I would say he talked about it today and maybe there's the benefit of time and looking back on it, probably as fondly as I've heard of talking about it, he did mention he's won a lot of games for us. And every time he was healthy, we either went to the Super Bowl, or we were in the NFC championship game. And yeah. that, you know, says a lot. And, and it was interesting. And then Jimmy was asked about last year and he said something. I got so excited because he said it's on to Vegas. And I was like, Oh my God, how Belichick on to Cincinnati. Of you. Um, but he said it's on to Vegas, but he treasured those times, but there was a little bit, of, I don't know what the word, it's not that it was weird, it just, but it was kind of weird. I mean, he was the guy. He was going to be the franchise guy. He was such a stalwart of the organization. And I've talked about this on this pod before. When you look at where they were when he got there in 2017 to where they are today, a lot of that is on him too. It's, it's John, it's Kyle, it's everybody. But Jimmy did a lot for the organization. I think the real question with Jimmy, and I'm with you, going back to that press conference, Jimmy did a farewell press conference. He said he goodbye to everybody. He said goodbye to the fans. It was over. I think the interesting question from the Jimmy perspective is, uh, if he had never been hurt, would he still be their quarterback, right? One thing they were adamant about when they drafted Trey was, and I didn't think they were telling the truth at the time, was, look, we're only here because Jimmy – our guy keeps getting hurt and it's time to replace. And I said, yeah, okay. My feeling was sure that's part of it, but you also had the upfront view of Josh Allen. You had the Super Bowl mm -hmm. view of Patrick Mahomes. My feeling at the time was that they correctly concluded that they needed a quarterback with a higher ceiling. Um, but, and then they drafted Trey and maybe that looked real. Who knew? 
But here we are back with Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in hindsight, I think they probably were telling the truth. If Jimmy had never been hurt, if Jimmy's was 16 games, 16 games, 16 games, 16 games, 17 games, it would be number 10 would be back at quarterback for the 49ers right now. Sounds like you agree with that. I 100% agree with yeah. that. I would even say, had they won the Super Bowl and then he got hurt in 2020, he'd still be back with the with the 49ers right now. I would I would say that as well. I would say, if, but on the didn't get hurt thing, in 2021, if he doesn't get hurt in Nashville and he isn't battling that injury and the NFC Championship game ends differently, let's take Jimmy out of it. Joukowsky Tart catches that interception yeah. and they go to the Super Bowl. I still think Jimmy's their quarterback. I really do. I don't think he would have gone anywhere. And I will say, and I know this is hardly groundbreaking and I would imagine you agree with this. Had he not gotten hurt this season, he was back. They would have figured it out financially. I would think I yeah. thought if he didn't get hurt. I think they still would have gone to the NFC championship game. That's not taking anything away from Brock because I have the utmost respect for Brock. And I think he's the real deal. And I think he is an excellent quarterback. So that's take, that doesn't nothing to do with it, but I still think they would have gone to the NFC championship game. They Maybe they go to the Super Bowl. I don't know. There's the whole injury thing. Who knows what happens there? But I think he still would have been back at quarterback this year for the 49ers. And it was just going to be like, they can't quit each other. But his health, again, is what stopped it. And because going into that Miami game, there was starting to be talk of, okay, so is he coming back next year? Are they? Is it going to be Jimmy again? And then he got hurt, and that was the end of it. So, yeah, I 1,000% agree. He didn't get hurt all the time. And I hate the narrative because it's football. And Trey gets hurt. Brock got hurt in the NFC right. game, and it is football. People get hurt. So I really hate that narrative, but I, I do believe they were telling the truth. I really uh, do. You know, your scenario would have gotten really complicated because he's making 23. He's a free agent making $23 million this year, right? I'm with right. you. They definitely would have wanted him back. How would they have pulled that off? That is a great question that I'm so glad is not my area. Of, it's yeah, not like it's, the area where I'm in charge. That would have been I, fascinating. It would have been fascinating, and I think they just probably would have figured it out. But in a different, bizarro world that didn't happen, they go to the Super Bowl and win it. I think they figure it out. Yeah, yeah. I think they just kind of figure it out. So, you know, that was kind of interesting. It's, like, a little weird to see him in a different universe. We we did, like, our media, and then we waited. Raiders, other Raiders were finishing up, and we went in for Jimmy, and he was like, oh, hey, guys. And then he was like, oh, they'll go. And then he was like, it's good to see you guys. It just, it's weird, and, and football is weird, and sports are weird. Like, you spend all this time also covering someone, and you're so used to it, and then they're gone. And that's the same with, like, obviously, teammates and coaches. It, it's just kind of a funny world we live in. It's also the only place where you can get – fired or let go from your previous job and have a new one almost immediately where you might make more money. It's incredible. It is. Especially so, at that position, right? Yeah. That position at coaches. It's just, it's very funny. I thought it was interesting that Kyle called him. A, we can move on, but I just, oh, one I, thing Kyle said today, I thought he called him a top 15 quarterback. Well, and I don't disagree with that. I mean, if you look at quarterbacking around the league, he's not a top five quarterback, right. but I would say, and some of that I think is the intangibles or are the intangibles. I think his, Kyle also mentioned how his players play for him and his players love him. And there is something to that that I think is a lot of the reason why he was able to win. It just goes to your point, though, of like the way you talk about somebody that's coaches generally don't rank players, especially active players. And I it was I don't know that I've quite heard Kyle talk about. I don't think he said that before. I don't believe he's ever said before. I, it stood out to me too when he said it. I was like, "Did he just?" He's yeah. like, "I was looking at Mike Sando's tears, and I got to tell you, <laughs> he's a top fifteen quarterback." It was it, it was interesting. 
But one of the things that he was kind of asked about, Brock was asked about, you know, if there's similarities. And I do want to talk a little bit about Brock Purdy because I think you're seeing the way he healed, I think is incredible. Never in the NFL and certainly not with this team have I seen a player ahead of schedule and really be ahead of schedule and stay on schedule. I mean, I would say over the last couple of years, it felt like the 49ers led the league in setbacks. Like every time someone was like due to come back and with him being ready, him being totally on schedule, Brock even said today, he's very happy with where he is. Kyle said he's really good to go. What I think is interesting about when Kyle talks about Brock, because he said something about him the other day that I just want to talk about. He called him the real deal. He doesn't really do that either. That's also not necessarily the type of terminology he uses. He's certainly never used it about his quarterback. Um, there was the conversation today. Are there similarities between them? Yes and no, but I think what Kyle has in Brock Purdy and what he probably felt he never truly had in Jimmy Garoppolo, obviously just based on watching, was there's a trust in Brock Purdy. And I think that is part of why Brock has been so successful for Kyle. Yeah, my question was, did he ever have it and then he lost it? Or did he never get it with Jimmy? I think would be interesting. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's so much statistical similarity between the two. Mm -hmm. But you could feel Kyle's willingness to throw the ball down the field. It felt that way. Now, maybe those same plays are called for Jimmy and Jimmy didn't push it down the field as much as Brock did last year. But when you think about the postseason in the rain, he comes out and the first throw of the game is like this kind of weird. It looks like water affected deepish throw mm -hmm. from Brock. And then he comes back and does it again. I thought Kyle would have been terrified after it. And he wasn't. So it does feel like he's got a little more trust. The real deal comment, mm -hmm. I think, was was very much about Brock, the guy. Not I, mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I don't know what Kyle meant exactly. I didn't think he meant here's a hall of famer or even this is the quarterback no, for the next 10 years. I thought he was talking about Brock's brain and Brock's toughness when like, this is everything I would build in a guy like, a, you know, cause this whole organization is built around those types of guys, right? Fred yes. Warner's the real deal. McCaffrey is the real deal. Absolutely. Kittle's the real deal. Trent Williams is the real deal. They're a team of real, they should be called, should the, be called the real, real deal. Deals. Now Debo, you know, Debo is like when the game starts, real deal. I think this time last year, the Niners would have been like, ah, his off seasons are not the real deal. But right. you know, he's in the perfect place to like be that total package. But he, as a football player, he's the real deal. So, uh, yeah, it was. It feel you know, I'd be interested. Like Kyle to ask Kyle, Kyle, what's the highest compliment you would pay a quarterback? Because the highest compliment Kyle would pay would not be the most talented guy I've ever been around. Like, that's not, you know, like, that's not what Kyle would say. Yeah. Kyle would maybe no. say that, something like what he said about Brock. Well, and I think that's why, to me, it did stand out. Because I think in Kyle's mind, he knows Brock can make the throw. He, he knows he can do that. He knows he can trust him to make the throw. He knows he can be mobile if he needs to be. He knows he can do what he needs to do on the field. What he needs is the stuff, the toughness, the mental stuff. And I think to him, those are the things that do make a real deal quarterback. Because if you don't have that, no matter how talented you are, you're never going to get to your potential. Uh, I think we see that a little bit in the show quarterback, which is kind of interesting not to do a big plug here for the show. But I think that show, and I won't name names on who, but I think that show does a good job. It's a hard job. And the mental part of it, I do think is what separates the good from the greats, not yeah. to get like a big, and no. so, and I don't know that he was necessarily calling Brock a future hall of famer. I don't think anybody really knows yet, 
But I think in his mind, yeah, he's, he's the real deal. You know, you talked about when you weren't sure they were telling the truth when they drafted Trey last year, when Brock beat out Nate Sudfeld and who they'd given guaranteed money to. And one of the things they said was we were really concerned that if we did cut him, we wouldn't be able to get him on the practice squad. And we weren't willing to take that chance. And I, at the time I was like, were you, was that, that I found that interesting, but now I see it because whatever they saw, I mean, there's a reason they're in charge and I'm not probably a lot of them, but I'm sure what they saw other people would have seen too on film during the preseason, talked to people and heard about, and Brock does feel like the real deal. I mean, what I think is interesting about Brock is at no point during any of this, has he ever felt like, oh my God, like what is happening? You know, there's never been, even that, I remember his first press conference after the Miami game, he came in as if, and I'm not saying games are not won and lost in press conferences, but he came in with a confidence and with this, like, he's been doing this every week. And what do you guys want to know? And that's not true necessarily of, of everybody in that position. So you just made me think of two things. One, you know, I think we focus so much on Brock as the last pick being the last pick, but to your point about not wanting to expose him to waivers, mm-hmm. when you pick a guy last, you're also saying, we don't want anybody else to have a shot at him as an undrafted free agent. You're right? correct. It's a so good he's, point. yes, it's the last pick of the draft, but in some ways, the guys that get drafted there, Miami took, uh, what's the name of the quarterback? Miami took a little bit of a runner. Uh, they played mm-hmm. him early last year, I think maybe against. Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember. Yeah, when Tua got hurt, he came in a little bit. Um, but, you know, Miami took a quarterback in that round too. Maybe the Niners liked him as well. He's yeah. Kind of an athletic guy. Different than Brock a little bit, but so that's the first thing. The second thing is I love watching every throw of practice and comparing Brock's throws, grading them, and compare <laughs> actually comparing Trey's Trey Trey and Sam's throws. But they are practice throws. You know, the 100%. reason Brock one the reason Brock is not in a competition with Sam Darnold and Trey Lance is because he threw 13 touchdowns and three interceptions in games once he took over, right? I mean, he threw Mm -hmm. one early, so it's four, but he threw them in games. Mm -hmm. If Trey had done it, if somehow they had traded for Phillip Rivers and he had done that, like anybody Mm -hmm. who did in games what that guy did last year would be the no competition, unquestioned starter. That's why it doesn't matter right now if he doesn't, if he throws a pick and Trey throws a touchdown, it's not, it's just, it can't be about that when he did what he did in games last year. Now he's going to play more games and then we'll see, like, does it keep going? And if it doesn't, then Darnold or Lance come into play maybe. But right now they, they don't because he did it in games. He won the job where in, in the, by winning games, I mean, he absolutely won the job. And so I, I, it never understand. I think people have kind of, come to that conclusion. I don't quite understand how there's, and I understand Twitter is not a real place, but there's still that conversation of like, well, but in a practice, I'm not saying this to disparage anybody, but Brian Hoyer is a backup for the Raiders. And we were all reminded today, those of us beat writers that were here in 2017, when Brian Hoyer was to be the unquestioned starter and he had a great training camp and we were like, okay, maybe it really won't be that bad. It was terrible. So practice quarterback, it doesn't necessarily translate. And so, but like you said, at the end of the day, he did it in games and the other two haven't Trey, you know, he got hurt early. So he's had, he's had a really unfair hand 
dealt him, I think is the best way that I can put it. You know, he's, he didn't have that year last year that he was supposed to have to, to get better and to progress and it's put him behind and he may not be able to recover here. He may be able to recover somewhere else, not here. Sam Darnold, there's talent there, but he has been in the league a while. And I know he's been in bad situations, but he hasn't proven that he can be the guy to win games. This guy went in won games. They went to the NFC championship game away, uh, the NFC championship game, one game away from the Super Bowl. Does he, if he doesn't get hurt, who knows how that game ends? We'll never know, but it's not even a question. And I think people also have to get over the, well, they traded so much. Well, too bad they did. And now they have this guy and this guy's winning games. And that's all that really matters. And look, they signed Sam Donald on the first day of free agency. He's a free agent after this year. If Brock Purdy plays 17 games and is healthy, we may never see, we may never see Sam Donald play quarterback for the 49ers. Right. It doesn't matter that he, they signed him on the first day of free agency, the same. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's this weird dynamic of like, I want to see Brock play 17 games. I'm also pretty curious what Sam Darnold would look like as the Niners quarterback. Mm-hmm. Like, does he look any different than the guy that I saw play for the Jets and the Panthers? I want to see Trey Lance play again for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a. Unfortunately, the Niners find ways to find time for all their quarterbacks to play, which is not necessarily a good thing. So I think the best thing that could happen for the San Francisco 49ers this year, and this is nothing against Trey Lance or Sam Darnold, is that we never see them play for quarterbacks. It is. If that would be the best thing. Yeah. That means Brock Purdy's playing well and he's healthy and they're just riding along. Uh, so I think that would be the best thing. A few injuries that came out of today. Uh, one of them I want to talk about specifically because it's going to transition me to your epic photo of the greatest wide receiver of all time because he went to Michigan, but we're going to get to that in a minute. But um, a few injuries, George Kittle, adductor strain. There's a lot of always confusion with the adductor strain. Which one is the adductor? The groin? I think it's the groin. Okay. That's my understanding because I don't think there is an abductor, though I'm not a doctor, so let's not quote me on that. But I okay. think it's an adductor. Um, so he's out this week. Drake Jackson's got a hamstring issue. Dre Greenlaw tweaked his hamstring today. But the one that I was going to get to is Ray Ray McLeod broke his wrist and he has to have surgery and Kyle Shanahan, he said he's, it's probably eight weeks because these things take about eight weeks. So all of a sudden, a guy like Ronnie Bell from the University of Michigan, as I may have mentioned earlier, uh, has, a, has a real shot of making his 53. And honestly, before I knew that news, I thought like probably practice squad, nothing against Ronnie, but just that wide receiver group is a tough one to crack into. And even if they do keep six, that six spot is a tough one to crack into. But the thing that I always thought was going to get him on the practice squad was for sure that he could be a backup punt returner. Yeah. Well, now he may be a starting punt returner and that changes a lot of things. You took an unbelievable photo of him the other day. I believe I put in all caps to hang it in the Louvre. And I still, I still mean that, but he's been kind of an interesting one to watch at camp, but that injury really changes things in that mm-hmm. wide receiver group. I think he's had a good camp. Um, He had a couple, you know, he had drops here and there in OTAs. I put Ronnie Bell on the list of guys that's gotten better since camp started. You know, I've watched him and Danny Gray very closely. Danny Gray has been a little inconsistent. He's lacked opportunity. Like I, especially intermediate. And it seems like in the last week, it felt like they threw him more balls other Mm -hmm. than let's see if Danny can get open deep on this particular play, which benefits him and he's going to get some more opera. Ray Ray, you know, this Tracy, like Ray Ray catches a lot of balls in practice. He gets Fun. a lot of during the team period. Ray Ray gets a lot of throws. Um, Ronnie Bell has not gotten a lot of targets in team, but in individual drills, I think he's looked really good. 
and he's caught mostly everything. And, you know, if you're a receiver trying to make an impression like he is, you don't want every throw to be between the one and the zero on your chest. You want the ball to be, you want a few opportunities to show that you can make a play, right? It's one of the areas where Brandon Ayuk stands out. Now, Brandon Ayuk really stands out where he never drops the ball. It's unbelievable. And then you add special teams to it, right? Like part of the reason Danny Gray got as many snaps as he did is because Danny Gray played special teams, not as a returner. He mm-hmm. played special teams for the 49ers last year. It's part of what I like about him is you go, okay, he hasn't broken through really as a receiver yet, but the fact that he is able to play on coverage tells me a little bit about what he's willing to do. Obviously, yeah. Ronnie Bell is more specific about what he's what he can do. Now they really need it. So um i watched i watched uh punt catching the other day uh-huh. it was ray ray and kyle Uzcheck. right kyle Uzcheck's good at it but he's not going to be their punt returner he's so, not but kyle shanahan said today i said to him so you're telling me he can he can hold for kickers he can throw the ball this is kyle Uzcheck. he can be a punt returner and he's a fullback and kyle said yeah and he went to harvard I, I heard that answer i didn't realize you asked that question that was good <laughs> and went, i mean it's really he's quite the renaissance man out there but yeah it'll be kind of interesting to see and we look ahead to the 53 i think these now is where people really do make impressions and kyle said about ronnie today because he was asked about it after you know the the ray ray mcleod news and he said you know he had a he had a little bit of a tough start to today's practice but then got better as the day went on and i think that's a big thing too how do guys recover you know how do you how do you like kind of let it go and just move on to the next play so and we're getting in that time. It's what it's today. We're recording this August 11th. I believe it's August 29th is the day rosters get cut. Like today's the 10th. Today's the 10th. Okay. So this is coming out on August 11th. Okay, got it. So how's that? Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Everybody knows back. it. You're not. It's okay. You guys, I record on Thursdays for the Friday episode. Usually. Sometimes I don't, but usually Edit this I do. Out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to leave it. I want the people to understand that we are authentic and real at the Tracy okay. Sandler show and we just speak our minds. Uh, but yeah, um, coming up. I mean, it's coming up relatively soon. In fact, if I'm terrible at math, but I'm pretty sure it's two and a half weeks away that they're cutting down these rosters. Two weeks from Tuesday, I believe. Yeah, it is. It's two weeks from Tuesday, which means you guys football season starts in like three and a half weeks. That's bananas. So that's just an aside. Anyways, before I let you go, because I know you do have to go, I do want to talk about your photography. You take the most amazing pictures at practice. And is this something you've always done? Is it a hobby? Like, just tell me a little more about it. It's very nice of you to say. I will say when I take some pictures and put them on my Instagram, I then look at what real photographers do. I am not one. And I go, (laughs) that's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's been fun. Um, But there are like some pros out there, as you know, and they really know what they're doing. They've got the real lenses. They they know how to post edit a photo. I don't, other than hitting the like auto. And like sometimes I mess around and something good happens, but usually mm-hmm. not. And um and they've they really understand you know composition and all that. Uh, but I haven't done it before. Uh, really. Um, I, here and there over the years, I've like taken a few pictures. But a buddy of mine, um, loaned me a, a a nice Canon camera with a bunch of different lenses, and so I've been having fun playing around with it. And um, it started, I was, I wanted to take good video of the quarterback storing. And then I realized, you know, everyone was taking that video and which is good. Everyone, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's five for people who don't, there's five periods. I don't know what the time adds up to Tracy of practice where you're allowed to take probably About 20 minutes. 20 to 25 yeah. minutes maybe. So it was a good way for me too to like, make sure I was moving around. Mm-hmm. And after a week or two of watching the quarterbacks throw, 
all the time. I had a good sense. I wasn't, I do like watching cause I like seeing the receivers, but right. um, it just, it, it, it also engaged. Like I got to get around the field cause I got to try and get something different than yesterday. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's where it's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, you can, I think like anybody could probably take good pictures, but man, like the Michael Zagaris of the world that take great pictures is, yeah. <laughs> I don't, I, I, I they have, they don't have to worry about me stepping on their toes anytime soon. Well, I think they're pretty amazing. And Thank I know you. we're coming off that amazing Ronnie Bell picture. So, yes. and so I'm just going to say, if you can grab like a Jake Moody and Ambry Thomas and a taco Charlton, so you can get all the Michigan guys, oh. perhaps Brian Gracie. I'd really appreciate it. Okay. That. There was a Moody the other day of him throwing the ball. You know, the problem, the kickers don't no, kick during problem. that period. I know that is the problem. As I said, Jake Moody, I realized that, but you did have one of him throwing the ball, which I appreciated. It's like, really, I, I pride myself on, I know I started as a 49ers fan. That's how I started my company. I have no, I, I don't hate them by any means, but I'm not a fan. I wouldn't say that anymore. It's different than covering the team for eight seasons. But all the unbiased professionalism goes out the window with the Michigan people. And it's just the way it is. And I feel like everyone has basically accepted it and is fine with it. I've been to two Michigan football games, and they were both uh, an incredible experience. I loved it. Ann Arbor. Zingerman's? Is that the same? Yes. I went to Zingerman's at 8 a.m. off a flight one day because I was like the only time I could go and everyone said you got to go get this deli sandwich um yeah awesome spot really awesome well guy thank you so much for joining me please tell everybody where they can find you check out the Haberman and Middlecoff YouTube channel and um, podcast links and all that stuff's there fantastic you guys we are brought to you by FIVO we are brought to you by bet online if you liked what you heard and I know that you did please make sure to give us a five-star rating and a super positive review and with that I'll talk to everybody next time bye all Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.